0: The following program has been furnished and paid for by Auto Pro's radio show. And KSCB is not responsible for its content or the products
1: or services offered. <laughs>
2: up the doors the garage is open and here we go the auto pros radio show
3: and now here's robert jody and lynn the auto pros and welcome back to hour two of the auto pros radio show i'm jody Chester, your diesel dynamo and warranty wizard along with miss lynn beckwith from beckwith car care and our special guest in studio from the BG Corporation is Mr. Dan Butler. Hey, guys. Glad to have you here. And yep. Mr. Robert Gruner's out taking some well-deserved time off. We're hope here. he's having a blast. I hope so. He yeah. went to Italy, so we ought to, ought to have some good stories to share. So he's probably still sleeping off
4: the red wine from last it night. Could be. It know?
5: could be. What, 12-hour difference or the pasta? It's like that? yeah.
4: significant. That's I'm not sure bit. the exact.
5: So he's, a, well, maybe he's awake. I don't know.
3: He could be.
4: If he's awake, he's probably listening. He'll, he'll tune in. <laughs> Hello,
6: Robert. He'll, online. He'll
3: tune in online. later. We're not yeah.
4: messing up too bad yet.
3: Yeah, get by our website. <laughs> we have another hour. <laughs> autoprosradio.com, and check out all of our preferred service centers on there. All their contact information is there. And uh, please use them. And if you do, let them know that Autoprosradio sent you. And all the preferred service centers use the BG products, because they are the number one name in preventative maintenance.
4: Well, and if you are going to a shop and you ever feel like you don't quite Trust what they're telling you. If they have any doubts, they're not taking the time to explain everything to you where you're comfortable. If you're not comfortable at the shop you're using, go to autoprosradio.com. You will find a shop that you will love, that you can absolutely trust.
3: That's right. And we have a Facebook page. We do. That Lynn does a great job with. I, I was see. not a Facebook guy, but I am now. You
4: are now. You do a great job with the post. Lynn made me do yeah. it. Yeah. But I
3: post some pictures and things like that, but I'm not I'm not big on that.
4: And did you know you can talk to Alexa and say, play Auto Autopros Radio, and the most recent podcast will pop up, and you yeah. can listen to it with your morning coffee tomorrow if you want. Oh, that's
3: right. You won't miss any any part of the show. We have some open lines. Give us a call. I'm, I'm going to do that tomorrow. I'm going to talk to Lexus. Lexus? Ah, yeah. <laughs> give it a, a try, say, Dan. play play
4: Autopros Radio. <laughs> that's
3: it. 281 558 That's 281 558 Jonathan held through the break, we appreciate that. Let's go out and uh, welcome Jonathan to the Auto Autopros Radio Show. Good morning.
1: Good morning, guys. Um, I've got a 91 Wrangler. I've done uh, a significant amount of modification to it, and it's got a... Uh, I got rid of the drums a while ago and replaced that with a caliper setup, but the uh, parking brake inside the hat of the cal- or of the uh, rotor isn't really doing the job that it needs to do, and then I put a, a roll cage in there, which kind of got in the way of the, the foot-activated parking uh, brake. For for that system, we're looking at a Wilwood spot brake, the uh, electric parking Mm brake, and there's no bolt-on kit for the Dana 35. They've got them for Fords and Chevys, but but that one particular axle that I have is is not serviced uh, by a kit. Uh, Do you have a, a recommendation on somebody who could do a custom setup in the Montgomery area for application
4: i don't not, know what to do on a wrangler not that off the age. top of my head They could I, do a wheel chuck
3: yeah and that, sorry i'm not trying to you're be not smart getting, you're not getting any any hold out of the parking brake itself or you just can't the cable's not going to move with your setup
1: uh well it was it was kind of a, a weak setup to begin with and then um uh, when i when i put the roll cage in it kind of blocked uh access to the foot pedal with uh, any kind of ease, so I was uh-huh. just looking for another option that would help me pass inspection on that vehicle.
3: Yeah, I don't know of a recommendation for electronic parking brake, and that's a shame. Well, yeah. Will would,
1: Will would make it. I just need to need somebody that can uh, fab up a bracket that would bolt to my axle and hover over the the rotor and be in place when I when I activate it and when I deactivate it.
3: Yeah, out, out of the Montgomery area, I don't have anybody. Now, I could recommend Hagan's Automotive. Yeah, I was over just thinking in, of Hagan in, in too. Cyprus because he's a, he's a creative guy. Yeah, I know? think
4: Steve, if something could be fabricated, he might be able to do it. But the dilemma is when you're dealing with brakes yeah. for a shop to
6: fabricate Li- things. Purposes, yeah, there's a maybe. lot of
4: liability involved. But if it can be done safely, I would trust Steve to do it at Hagan's.
1: Okay, do you have a phone number for them?
4: We sure do. It is 281 379. One seven zero zero. He's on Neshaw Drive.
3: It would be worth the call, and and if it's not something that he may be uh, capable of doing, he might have a recommendation.
4: Now, Jonathan, okay. can you get to the pedal to push it down? Hey, I know it's, it's blocked, not convenient, uh, but
1: it, it's blocked by a roll cage. Completely
4: blocked. Okay.
5: I would. I would personally. Build a bracket on the roll cage before I I did what you're doing.
3: Yeah, don't mess yeah. with the differential. I was gonna say maybe fabricate something into a handbrake, you know, that might be able to to use instead of go through the electronic process. I've
1: looked at handbrakes and I'm I'm just kind of at a, a loss with uh, with real estate inside the, the Jeep.
3: I got you. It's pretty
1: tight as it is, so throwing a handbrake in there is kind of
5: tough. I, and you have you thrown this out to the Jeep uh Jeep Forum Forum or? and something like that? Yeah, There's bound I, to be somebody I that's done that.
1: Uh, you, you're, you're, I'm kind of in between stock and extremely modified, where people are dumping hundreds of thousands of dollars in their vehicle, <laughs> and that's, that's kind of not where I'm at. But I'm not stock either, so I'm kind of just in no man's territory.
4: Yeah, the bracket on the roll cage might work if it doesn't come in too close to your standard brake pedal.
5: Well then again, mm-hmm. if you have any kind of a wreck it's just going to chew on your leg you just got to be careful with yeah, all those that's things that's
1: true yeah electric
5: okay. electric would be the way to go but it's going to be i think it's going to be challenging to find someone to build something that's going to stick their neck out for that i i would think finding the brake company you know electric brake company or maybe dana or somebody that might have some kind of a an ad that you can just bolt. it's just
3: on. it's just funny that that company has you know for other other rear ends and so forth are just not yours. I wonder what the, yeah. wonder what the deal is Dana with that. 35, just yeah, thirty-five is not a
1: very uh, popularity. Yeah.
6: popularity. Yeah, popularity.
3: Yeah, because you've changed to rear disc brakes and things like that. So yeah, I get that.
4: Now, if if you found a custom shop or you talked to Steve, you know someone may be willing to do this, assuming that this is an off-road only vehicle.
1: Uh, now I'm I'm going for for. Uh, state inspection that's yeah he wants state so. inspection yeah.
3: so he needs to park and break the hole right well give steve a call and uh, hopefully he'll be able to help you out jonathan
1: okay thanks
3: guys all right we appreciate your call we have a couple open lines 281-558-5738 that's 281 558 who's up
4: we are going to go out and visit with george welcome to auto pros radio george
7: yeah good morning folks how you doing
4: good, good. How can Thank you. We thanks help. for the call
7: I have a quick question. I have a Ford F-150 with an uh, air recirculation, I'm going to just say switch problem because it's intermittent, and I'm relating it strictly to the volume of air. I don't know if it recirculates like it's supposed to, but I know during the hot summers, when you're you know, in the recirculation of the interior, the fan blows much har- harder, and that comes and goes. Any ideas on what that might be?
4: So it's it's usually what you're hearing is that you're hearing the air getting sucked in as well as blown out. So while the fan's not necessarily working harder, it sounds louder. Is is that when what?
7: It's, you... blow, it's, it's blowing harder when it's in that mode.
3: Sure. Yeah. Anytime you go to the yeah. recirculation mode, uh, have you checked your cabin air filter?
7: Uh, I had it changed a few months back. I haven't checked it, but uh, it was changed. It went in for oil change.
3: Yeah, I would want to make sure that the cabin air filter is clean, of course, and make sure that it's installed properly and it's not blocking anything. And make sure, you know, if you take it out, a lot of times you can see that blower motor, and you can change from the recirculation mode back to normal mode and see that door sweep back and forth because sometimes uh, there may be an issue inside the HVAC housing with the doors Mm -hmm. that aren't open and closing like they should or Or perhaps the electronic actuator itself.
7: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It might be the actuator, but I was—I've swapped the relays that are associated with that, and that didn't do anything. So, but it comes and goes, you know. So,
3: well, and that's what uh, makes me think something with the HVAC housing, or, or actually the actuator itself, is kind of what it sounds like.
7: The actuator,
3: yes, sir. Electronic door
7: Maybe actuator. It's, yeah.
4: Maybe it's getting weak, and it kind of falls back open a little bit.
7: So that would be replacing the actuator as a resolution.
3: Uh, yeah, that would be the the thing that you'd have to do. So the mode door actuator, um, you know, if you have a center console or whatever, typically it it's about a five I mean, hour five hour labor job. It's not it's not easy, but it's not like the 15 hours like some of them the, that we see on some of the newer Suburbans and so forth. Yeah,
7: yeah. So is that actually?
3: It's not a solenoid, there. It's actually a motor that steps through. It's, it's a blend door. Different functions? Uh-huh. It's a motor. It's a blend yeah, door. Yeah, you have. Um, temperature door actuators and you have your mode door changes to defrost and and back and forth so there's one for the recirculation mode and a lot of times um, if you've ever changed the battery or something they'll lose their their calibration and you can put a scan tool on there and try to reset those being yours is intermittent i don't think that's really going to solve your problem but if you take it to a good shop here in southwest a leaf area probably david's auto central in stafford Mm -hmm. would be the place to go and let them take a look at it for you
7: yeah, yeah, all right, guys. Well, I thought about you the other day, and then I turned on the radio this morning, and there you are, and I thought, hey, perfect time to ask a question. So there you, you go. Out.
3: We appreciate your call. All right.
7: Good luck, guys. Thank, Thank you. Thank you,
3: George. All right, 281-558-5738. That's 281 558 Let's run out to Katie and welcome Richard to the Auto Pros Radio Show. Hello, Richard.
8: Hello.
3: Thank, thanks for taking my call. Thank you, sir. How can we help?
8: Well, I, I guess i got a AC problem also. Uh, I've got a 2002 Ford Excursion mm-hmm. with a with a 7.3 diesel in it. Yes, the, the AC's not blowing out the vent in the dash, just out of the uh, deep roll. And I checked the uh, pump, the vacuum pump on the and uh, checked for leaks or anything, and there's no leak and I went ahead and pulled the vacuum line inside the dash, and it, it, it's got suction on it when I pull it off. And I changed the actuator uh, deal under there, and it still doesn't blow out the vent.
3: Yeah, you got a vacuum issue somewhere probably in that dash. So it's a four-wheel drive?
8: Yes. Uh-huh.
3: Okay, but it does it in the two-wheel drive mode as well? Yes. Yeah, because those were bad about the the rubber vacuum lines that went to the hubs would Correct. basically crack or disintegrate and you'd develop a vacuum leak there. Uh, but usually the only issue you have is when you put it in four wheel drive, it went to defrost. Um, so you're down there on the passenger side and you have the little gang of vacuum tube or vacuum lines and you have your main source coming in. If you have a vacuum gauge, you could put a vacuum gauge on it when you have it running and make sure you are about at least 15 inches of vacuum. Oh. Okay. okay, you want to check that source because you have a, uh see, that's an O2. So it's not going to have a vacuum pump on the motor, but it's got a little vacuum pump over by the tank, the vacuum tank on the passenger side, the reservoir, right. you know, that holds that. So you want to, your base vacuum is going to come in to that gang underneath the dash. So you're going to have one line coming in. You want to check for good vacuum right there and make sure you got 15 inches. And then after that, you're going to have to trace it towards the back of the dash, because some of those we even saw vacuum leaks through the back of the AC control head itself, or the little lines uh-huh. where they hook on. And, and it goes into
5: yeah. default, uh, so that's why you have defrost. So that's where it's supposed right. to go if you don't have that.
3: Yeah. Okay.
8: Could that vacuum pump uh, just not be pulling a, a, a deep enough vacuum for the tank? Or
3: well, possibly? it could be. I mean, if it's weak. You know, definitely. And that's why I say if you have a vacuum gauge, it's gonna tell you you wanna you know you wanna know that you're getting that source vacuum.
4: Start with the basics. Yeah. You have a mesh, you start uh, with a spark plug.
3: <laughs> that's right.
8: So it's probably a vacuum problem on that. Sure oh yeah, absolutely.
3: Like yeah, if you're in defrost because that one it doesn't have those electronic door actuators and things yeah. like we were saying on the on the last caller. This is right. just good old school vacuum and uh you know you, what it,
5: you could always sell it it's a seven three everybody's going to want that vehicle so. <laughs> absolutely uh, yes
8: yeah. well we had it in the shop and had some work done on it and the guy in the shop wanted to buy it that's so. what i
6: figured <laughs> yeah how many miles my do you wife, have on it richard
8: my wife drives it oh, and nice. uh she's, she's got a uh, a new lincoln but she won't drive it because she don't want to park it in the parking lot at the mall or anything get it up. Drive, drive,
3: uh, drive the tank. Drive I don't, the tank. I don't blame her. But you know, if it's something that um, that you want to take it to a shop, you're there in Katy or real close to Auto That's Robert Gruner's okay. shop. He's on vacation, but his shop's open. Okay. And, and so you could always call over there and talk to Matt. Let him know what's going on, and probably going to be a pretty simple fix. It's just kind of tracing it down to the source. Okay. Richard, how many that. miles
4: do you have on that excursion?
3: Two hundred and forty thousand. Oh, it
4: is just barely broken in.
8: I had a problem with it a few weeks ago, was when I put it in the shop, and uh, the my wife kept smelling diesel. So um, I got to looking at it, and I found a diesel leak, but it was coming out of the uh, overflow on the radiator, and uh, pulled that out, and the whole radiator was full of diesel fuel. Uh oh. So uh, they had to replace some kind of, uh, uh, where the injectors go in, they replaced those shields.
3: The sleeves. Uh, Sleeves, yeah. Yeah, injector sleeves. Coming through, washing it out. Wow. That's That's a
5: good catch because that could create a lot of problems. Because
3: coolant, coolant surround that head, it it surrounds everything to keep it cool. And the sleeve is what seals it away from the coolant. And they would get a hairline crack in those. And kind of that year model was the ones that I used to see. And yeah, you you could take. You'd have to pull the injectors out. You couldn't really isolate. You just have to take them out. But when you did remove the injector, then you'd find the O-rings and everything were deteriorated, and you knew right. which one it was. So it's always at least if you find it there, it's a good idea to do them all on that one side. Anyway, yep. it's
4: like tenish. Well, shifts.
8: they said just do all, all eight of them. Yeah, that's yeah. smart. Go ahead, and do
3: it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a good idea because you don't want to have that problem again. No. Good catch, Richard.
8: Well, well all right. I- appreciate
3: the info. All right, Richard. Thanks for your call.
6: Thank
3: you. All right. We have to back out of here and take a short break. We do have some open lines. Give us a call. 281-558-5738. That's 281-558-5738. Get your BG questions in. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Jody. If you missed part of the show, no worries. Go to autoprosradio.com. If you need some repairs or general maintenance performed to keep your vehicle safely on the road, click on the Preferred Automotive Shops and find a repair shop in your area recommended by Robert, Jody, and Lynn, the Autopros. Have a car question during the week? Send us an email at info at autoprosradio.com. And remember to tell your friends about the Auto Pros Radio Show every Saturday, 10 to noon, here on AM700 KSEV.
4: Hagen's Automotive is the shop you can count on in the Northwest Houston Cypress area. Steve Hagen's customers are talking about his staff, shop, and reputation. Hagen's customer Chris says, Steve and his talented staff have always gone above and beyond in taking care of his customers. And Jared shares, Hagen's is my go-to place. They always give straight answers and are always honest. Remember, Hagens Automotive, where quality really counts. 281 379 1700. 281 379 1700. Hagens Automotive.
9: BG Products, the number one name in preventative maintenance. Carbon buildup in your engine will reduce your fuel economy, cause engine hesitation, rough idle, and excessive oil consumption. BG Products has you covered for all your fluid maintenance services and fuel system cleaning needs. They are so confident in the quality of their product, they back it up with a lifetime protection plan. All of our Auto Pros preferred service centers offer the BG services because they work. Find a list of preferred service centers at autoprosradio.com or go to bgfindashop.com to find a BG service center near you. That's BG Products, the number one name in preventative maintenance.
3: From basic maintenance to the most complex diagnostics, AutoTectronics is your choice for high-quality automotive service in Katy. For 38 years, Robert and his crew have tackled the most difficult electrical and drivability problems. So whether you need an oil change, fluid maintenance, or the most up-to-date diagnostic services, AutoTectronics is the premier shop in Katy. 281-391-7617. Go visit AutoTectronics in Katy.
4: Is your transmission slipping, jerking, or making funny noises? Well, let me recommend the great folks at Gary's Transmission Service. Whether you have a classic car or a late model vehicle, Gary's will diagnose your problem and let you know if it's a transmission problem or something else that makes it feel like a transmission problem. The experts at Gary's Transmissions are trained in today's most complex transmissions for both foreign and domestic. All transmission rebuilds come with a local two-year, 24,000-mile parts and labor warranty, including annual preventive maintenance service at no charge during the warranty period. Quality transmission repairs done right, 281-347-8888, Gary's Transmission Service. Welcome back to Auto Pros Radio here on AM 700 KSEV, the voice of Texas. And uh, our good buddy, uh, Robert Gruner, who is off on vacation today. That's right. All week, is actually listening. So we have an Italian listener. From Italy. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he was suggesting uh, that M2K Motorsports might be a fabricator in Katy. For the Jeep Wrangler that called For the Jeep Wrangler might be your good source. So I hope that you're still listening with the Jeep Wrangler. What
5: was the name of that? Jonathan. 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 Make sure Jonathan on his 91 Wrangler. Yeah.
4: M2K Motorsports and their fabrication company out in Katy.
3: Oh, very nice.
4: And uh, he's corrected me on the time change between Houston and Italy. It's actually 6.18 in the evening. Oh, okay. So it's time so, to start drinking more red wine or vodka or, you know, whatever. Whatever you, whatever <laughs> <you're> <laughs> you like there. It's in 5 English. o'clock somewhere, right? Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> right.
6: <laughs>
3: well, I'm glad Robert's listening. Yeah, I'm glad he's having fun. But we miss you, Robert. But you're
4: supposed to be out there having fun.
3: That's right. So. But we're here to help you out with your car questions, car problems, and have Dan Butler from BG in the house. So I'm here. Yeah. If you have a question about the BG products, give us a call, 281-558-5738. That's 281 558 Who held on there, Miss Lynn?
4: We're going to go out to Seabrook. And, Mark, welcome to Auto Pros Radio.
3: Hey, uh, good morning, guys. How you all? Doing oh, well. Thanks.
0: How can we help? Well, I, um, I have a 1988 Firebird and it's been uh, running great and then about within the last week it's starting to do this intermittent thing where and it's got the small v8 okay it's got the little five laser mm-hmm. and long story short it'll run fine and then it's kind of like i drop a cylinder and it's you know feels underpowered and then it'll kick back in and then it'll kick back off and get herky-jerky and I'm trying to figure out if what where's my best starting point. Um, I don't know if it's a fuel injector or if it's something with a tune-up. I, I don't know, but uh, like I said, it starts, it runs good, but when it when it's running, like I said, it will like it's running on seven of the eight cylinders, then suddenly the one that's not working kicks in, and then, then it runs fine for a while, then it drops in and out.
3: Now does this do it at idle or, or more so when you're driving down the road under oh, load?
0: both. Um, I can start want- it up sometimes. It's like you can get it smooth and it's like fine, it'll drop. Another time, instantly, when I start it, it'll be like, oh, well, crap, it's you know, it's got that noticeably underpowered thing. And then maybe I don't know because it does vary, but sometimes it's been five minutes and then it'll kick in and then drop back off literally after a minute. And sometimes it'll kick in and uh, work for about 10 minutes. So and uh-huh. I'm, I'm kind of, it's a goofy one,
3: I'll tell you.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you have any
3: check engine light or anything on?
0: Not anymore. The only time I had the check engine light on, which had been on for about, you're going to laugh at me, for about 15 years, because it always ran fine. Uh, a friend of mine did the little wire, because nobody has a reader old enough to work on it. Mm-hmm. He did the wire thing, and he's like, oh, here's <laughs> your codes. And he's like, okay, one is a vacuum leak, and and he showed me where the hose was i'm like okay well that was easy so there's no engine light there's no there's been no engine light on uh since that and it was running fine when we put the little hose on it and uh and then about a week after that is when the trouble has
5: started to me if i just from history i would jump on a spark plug or wire or coil from what he's talking about because they say it's coming and going back
3: yes definitely it sounds like an ignition yeah you know that you're losing the question it's what cylinder now if you don't have a check engine light on you know you still can hook a scan tool up there may be a history code or whatnot in there but you can definitely look at your misfire data
5: well it's an 88 so i mean
3: i don't i don't have a scan nobody has a scan tool for this apparently that would be a tech <laughs> one to yeah it's a tech one, so yeah. i gotta got go back wait a minute we're talking about the i actually models. have one in my garage i think <laughs> mark, mark how
4: are you sitting on maintenance like when you know sometimes you know in in the late 80s what we would do is start with catching a vehicle up on all of its tune-up components you know putting new plugs new wires and and sometimes coils you know, so that we know that your baseline is good. And then at that point, you know where to go. Now, if you've done that in the last, you know, 15,000 miles, I'm probably barking mm. on the wrong tree.
0: No, you're probably barking at the right tree. I, I'm the original owner of the car, but I gave it to my ex-wife when we divorced about 15 years ago. And I got this car back about three years ago. And it's been running. It's set in a field for three years. And I changed the fluids uh Fortunately, she put stable in it, ran up. The only thing I've ever had to do, I put a, I put a water pump on it because it was leaking. And it's been absolutely perfect until the last couple of weeks. And I just was trying to get an idea of where it is. I don't know. I'm, I'm an old guy. I'm 62. So it's a carburetor. I'm your guy. This is a fuel-injected throttle body. I'm clueless on it, to be honest with you. Well,
4: it does sound like ignition, though. And You
0: think?
4: Well, and it's such a... It does. If you start out and get all... It, doing all those things are going to be good for that car, regardless of whether that's
0: the base yeah, problem or exactly. not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I agree.
4: And sometimes when you're dealing with a vehicle that doesn't give you a lot of data out of the computer system, mm-hmm. you're going to spend more time trying to chase specifically which cylinder's dropping, or it could even yeah. be an intermittent that goes between cylinders. By the time you diagnose all that, all those spark plugs are the same age. All those wires are the same age. It's and your coil, put, yeah. So
3: and then your coil wire, yeah. because you know, that's going to have a single coil on that eighty-eight. And so if you have got a coil wire that's dropping out, you're going to get a major and if it's you know, been, hesitation.
5: And if it's been sitting out in the field, those wires are cracked. There's there's mm-hmm. you know you might be able to pop the hood and at night and look underneath it and see a, you know all kinds of works spark, going yeah. on. So. Yeah,
0: <laughs> fireworks. Well, I I, I did that and no. On uh, um, um, seeing any sparky things. I mean, I'm, I'm not a mechanic. I'm a pretty good wrench turner. I'm not a mechanic. So, does this sound like something I should probably let the pro look at? Maybe better time efficiency and maybe even cost better, you think? Or? Well,
3: yeah. I mean, it could be because, you know, if, if it's time for a tune up, wires and so forth, you know, mm-hmm. you got a distributor cap, rotor, all those things, you know, should yeah. be done at the mileage, but you want to make sure that, you know, is there a, another issue? You know, because it's not going to hurt to do those things, and oh you know, yeah, you could, I agree. You could take the spark plug wires off and take a look on the inside of them, see if you got a yeah. bunch of white build up or, or even inside that distributor cap, if you took uh-huh. the cap off and look inside. Yeah. you'll see a lot of white, dusty, and you know, material and so forth in there. You know, all that's degraded, and it definitely needs to be changed. So if that's something that you're handy with your hands to do, you know, you could start with the basics, and then you know. But if you do, I definitely recommend you use AC Delco plugs and wires, mm-hmm. and a coal if you're gonna change a coal. Okay.
0: And um I guess my last question is um I'm in, I'm in the Seabrook, Clear Lake area, technically I'm Seabrook, but so I'm, I'm basically NASA Road Lawn, okay?
6: Mm-hmm. Is
0: there anybody that neck of the woods that you guys would recommend that uh well, that you would recommend?
4: Well your closest one that we know of would probably be Glenn Young's shop.
3: Yeah, Young's Automotive. He's Young's in Automotive. Uh, what Hobby Airport area? Kind of that.
0: Oh, I can get I can get to hobby in 15
3: minutes. Now, now, yeah. now, Glenn Young, he is a great diagnostician. Okay, and, and oh, okay. He, he is very, very familiar with that particular vehicle, and he would really be a, a the perfect guy to, mm-hmm. to take a look at that for you.
0: Okay, all right. Well, I'll do the do the basic thing. I'm I'm I can you know good enough to check the plugs and check the the cap and all that. But um, I think uh, I think I may just start with that first because. He's probably got better tools than I do. So, well, uh, I appreciate it, man. So, Glenn Young Automotive.
3: Young's Automotive, yes, sir. And, and let, Mark, uh, can, let uh, us know.
4: And if you're comfortable changing out the plugs, the wires, cap, and oh, such, I, I, I would I just, just do it because the baseline may fix it. And the baseline is probably what most shops are going to want to do before they start looking for bigger oh, things. Oh, okay.
0: Well, out, well hell then I'll just do that part first and keep my fingers crossed. If it works, it works. If it's not, well, we know we got that part whooped.
3: There you go. All right, very good. Well, yeah, let us know, Mark. All right, y'all take care. Thank you. Thanks for your call. All right, bye-bye. All right,
4: we're going to keep right at it. Nick, welcome to AutoProse Radio. How can we help you?
10: Asking about flushing out power steering fluid, <clears throat> I've got a It's a 99 Ford Ranger 2.5 liter. And when I, you know, you pull the pull the uh, return hose off and plug it up, you know, that little plug that comes with the, pressure hose and you know let it drain into an oil pan
3: mm-hmm.
10: well when i add fluid to it when i'm doing that it won't drain
3: from you think that you say with the return hose off
10: yeah i pull it from the reservoir and put it you know into the oil pan uh-huh to let it drain and then plug it up you know that little plastic plug that comes with the uh high pressure hose yes sir uh, and uh well when i of course, I do it without the engine running, uh-huh. and I pour new fluid in there, and, you know, after after the fluid has drained, when you pull that hose off, you fill it up with new fluid. It won't drain.
3: So you fill it up with fluid, and then you take the plug off the, the bottom there, and it won't drain at all?
10: No, like, I you know, I plug it up with that plug. I pull, I pull the return hose off, right. you know, from the reservoir, mm-hmm. and, and then, of course, all of the... The fluid that's in the uh, in the reservoir drains out, and then I put that little plug on on the reservoir, mm-hmm. and then when you add fluid, it won't drain.
4: It's probably a vacuum at that point if the reservoir is plugged. No.
5: So so the hoses you pull the hose off, and it drains out because it's what's inside, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you pour more into the reservoir, nothing comes out.
10: No, it will not drain. If you just keep pouring fluid in there, it'll over overflow.
5: Uh, You have some kind of a restriction or something. Unless, unless unless
3: there's a check valve in there, that when that fluid drops out or drains out, when you pull that um,
9: return line
3: off, and then if there's a check valve down inside there that closes, that would be the only thing. So. What I would probably do is, is when you put power steering fluid back in there, and you take that cap off, get a little s- small screwdriver and, and kind of go up inside the little nipple on that reservoir, and gently push up and, and see if you feel like a valve, and if you do, and it opens up and then drains the fluid. That's the only thing I can think of. :-hmm:
10: Well, how do y'all normally,
3: how do you normally flush up? It, uh, and flew it out. Yeah, BG has a great uh, machine and process that, that they use.
5: Right, we use we don't disconnect anything. We're we're cleaning it and flushing the system using a special tool from the reservoir, and so we don't disconnect anything. So um, I'm I'm familiar with what you're you're talking about there. But it's a uh, there's something that's either rolling over there and blocking it, uh, or a even, check valve. Even a check valve. I mean, I don't, I don't know how it would flow out in the first place with a check valve. You know, but, uh, so I just don't know. Well,
3: if it lets it, when it's got fluid in it and and it's, you know, in the open position, but once it goes dry, it closes. Uh It's the only thing I could think of. Hmm. Uh,
10: You you wouldn't think that the high-pressure hose would be plugged up or
3: anything, do you? No. No, you wouldn't have any issue with that. Which engine do you have in there? 2.5. Yeah, I've never experienced that, but I've never done it that way. Because you know we've always done it we using the, the machine. Process. Right?
5: Did you replace anything else, or are you just saying you replace? You just pulled that hose off, and and the fluid came out.
10: Just pull the pull the hose off because I'm about to, uh, the pump is no good. It's it's making all kind of noise. And you can't hardly steer it. I mean, it, it you just can't hardly steer it. It's just uh, it, it's it's running. So I was going to get another uh, pump, but I wanted to flush all that. The fluid is filthy. And I just wanted to flush all that fluid out of there before I put that new pump on.
5: Okay, but you're going to replace the whole pump, correct? Mm-hmm.
4: And what did you plug? Early in the conversation, you said you plugged something?
10: Yeah, there is a that little plastic. It's yellow. It comes with the pressure hose, huh? I bought another pressure hose. And you pull the uh, little rubber uh, return hose mm-hmm. off of the, the reservoir, which is at the bottom, you know, the bottom of the pump there. You pull that off, and then you plug. Uh, I guess it's for flushing. You plug it up with that little yellow plug where the where the return hose came off. Right. You plug that up. So I guess so it will go through the the pressure hose and drain. You know.
3: Gotcha. I assume that's what it's. Yeah, I mean, it, you p- know, it it should drain out. But if not, there, there's definitely something down in there. That's what I say. I would take a little screwdriver or something, and push up inside there, and you know, just see if uh, see if you can feel a valve in there move.
5: Yeah, and if that pump is so bad, maybe there's a piece. Or some type a of piece. debris. If yeah. There's
3: just a bunch of bunch of buildup, you know, that that gets trapped up down in there because, um, you know, there could be some type of screen inside there. So do you have the you know, vehicle running when you're doing this? No.
10: No, that's what I was, another question I was going to ask you. Is it necessary to have it running when you do that?
5: When we do a BG of uh, a power steering fluid service, we have the engine running. Um, what you're describing, I would not have the engine running on what you're describing.
10: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm. I mean, I'm working by myself. I don't know. Well, the the pump is shot. I mean, I, I'm not really worried about running this pump, but. You know, it could run drive. I mean, I'm having to let it run, the engine run, and pour the fluid in there myself. I don't have anybody to, you know, cut the engine off when it starts getting low, real low. But, I mean, the the, the pump is no good.
3: Yeah, obviously, so. if it's making noise, it's it's not any good. I know you want to take and get all the fluid out that you can, but if you know if it's not going to drain that way, you still want to get everything out of your your gearbox and so forth, and that's why, if even if you had a new pump on there, and using the BG process and flush that fluid out, you know that way you're going to get a full exchange. It just takes a little bit, but it's much easier with that machine, you know, to do that. Now you could take power steering lines off the gear, you know, and try to drain as much out, or get a suction gun or something to pull any of the residual fluid out. Get, do, you know, do the best that you can, and make sure there's no kind of screens or anything that might have a, you know, metal, you know, that's trapped on the on the screen itself
10: yeah and when you're talking about uh screwdriver uh, pushing a screwdriver where are you talking about where the return hose comes out
3: yes sir yeah where you put that cap on once you take that hose off and you cap it just pull the cap it's not going to drain out so if there's something inside there should be able to go you know in the reverse direction of it and see if you feel something move and then it start to drain the fluid out then you'll know and then you can start working from there you may just have to hold it open i don't see anything on a diagram as far as that goes, I'm not familiar with it like I said, but again, I've never tried that process either.
10: Okay. All right. Uh Okay, then well, uh thank you for your help and uh I was going to mention too, you you were talking about Hercules tires. There's a there's a old old tire shop in the Heights area. Mm-hmm. Directly across 20, I think it's 24th street from H-E-B. That was there a long time before H-E-B was there. And
3: they sell Hercules tires. Do they? Yeah, there's. Uh, I know. I don't think Discount tire and those folks sell them, but there's a number of, yeah. of tire shops in the area that sell them, and it's a good quality tire.
10: Yeah, well, they they sure do. They sell new and used tires. They've been there for as long as I can remember. That's their main brand is Hercules.
6: Great
4: lead, Nick. Thank you.
3: Okay. Well, thank you very much. All right, we appreciate your call. Let us know how you come out on that one. I'm curious. All right, I'll do it. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Back out of here and take a short break. Ike out in Willis and Greg in Atlanta and Bob, you folks hang on. You're listening to Auto Pros Radio Show on AM 700, KCB, the voice of Texas. We'll be right back.
9: You don't have to look too far to find an honest, skilled, and friendly auto service center in your area. It's really simple. Just visit AutoprosRadio.com. All of the Autopros Radio's preferred service centers boast decades of experience and are dedicated to hiring, training, and keeping the most skilled automotive professionals in the industry and have a reputation for outstanding customer service. No matter where you are, go to AutoprosRadio.com to find a great automotive shop near you. Or check us out on Facebook at Auto Pros Radio.
4: Whether you're rolling in a daily driver or a DeLorean, David's Auto Central and Stafford can take care of all of your vehicle needs. From preventive maintenance to advanced diagnostic services, you can count on David and his staff to take care of both you and your vehicles. With decades of experience and a commitment to quality, David's Auto Central can handle all of your mechanical repairs, maintenance, fleet, and even customization needs. Learn more at davidsautocentral.com or visit David and his amazing staff at 2526 5th Street in Stafford, 281-499-9684, that's 281-499-9684, David's Auto Central.
3: Beckwith Car Care has been servicing the Humble, Atascacita, and surrounding areas for more than 34 years. You don't stay in business that long without providing great customer service and repairs done right the first time. Beckwith has factory trained technicians that know how to diagnose and repair your vehicle. They provide a nationwide 3-year, 36,000-mile warranty and free shuttle service to work, home, or play. They can arrange to pick up your vehicle if needed. Visit BeckWist.com and schedule an online appointment to have your vehicle repaired or maintenance services performed. Give them a call, 281-540-2000, that's 281-540-2000, Beckwist Park Care.
4: For more than 45 years, yep, that's what we said, 45 years, Green and White Automotive has served the spring area as your dealership alternative for quality automotive maintenance and repairs. Family owned and operated, they're small enough to know you and big enough to serve you. Green and White Automotive is at 1020 Spring Cypress Road, just east of Highway 45. Easy to get to and ready to take care of you and your vehicle. That's Green and White Automotive in Spring. Give Kent a call at 281-353-7682. 281-353-7682. Greenandwhiteautomotive.com.
8: He's
3: acting single I'm
6: drinking
3: doubles And welcome back to the Auto Pros Radio Show. We decided to play a little country music from Mr. Robert Gruner, who's out on vacation. Drinking and doubles. Drinking doubles <laughs> and out in Italy. And we are here to help you with your car questions, car problems. 281 uh, 558 Let's run out to Willis and talk to Ike. Ike, you're on with the Auto Pros. Good morning. Hey, y'all, i play that, son, you're
11: going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving
3: that Hot Hot Rod Rod Lincoln. 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 There you (laughs) go, There's so many good (laughs) songs out there.
11: Yeah. Hey, uh, y'all was talking about cabin filters earlier, and it got me thinking. I got a 2020 Chevy Silverado and uh, always run recirc or inside air. Is there any disadvantage to running that all the time, or do you need outside air to come in from time to time? And then the other question is, where does the cabin filter work outside air only or
3: inside air or both it works for both
4: works for both and i've never seen a negative to keeping something on recirc. the only thing might be that if you're really really hot in the car it's been parked somewhere with the sun shining on it and your inside air is even hotter than the ambient air outside of the car if you take it off recirc for those first few minutes You'll be pulling in a little bit cooler air. It'll cool down a little bit faster. But as far as the way the system works, no, I don't it's think it's, it's going to hurt the it's system. It's made you, to do that. I That's leave mine thing. on recirc all the time. In
3: Texas, we need that. Well, yeah.
5: I, can yep. I throw in my little two cents here? So sure uh, so what happens, what we see a lot of is uh, uh, an odor that people have from their car, from the EVAP system. And what it is is that the mold and fungus that stays in the system, because you have it on recirc all the time, it never sees fresh air, so it never dries out. So a uh-huh. lot of times you'll see, you'll have an odor that comes from it. So uh, what, what we find that mostly on is everyone that drives with it on recirc. With recirc all the time
4: like me, okay. Which,
5: which is, again, a common thing, especially in Houston. We, we yeah. want it to be cold, colder, and recirc does bring you a little cooler uh, tip. Right. But it does have a secondary result, which is that, that water. The musty smell. That musty smell. And what that is is mold and fungus that grows on the inside. And so, BG
4: has come up with a solution and we, for we that. we can actually kill yeah. that. So
5: we can do right. that. Um, but, she, uh, you know, absolutely correct. You know, when, what what I do is I tell people when you drive your car, when you first get in the car, when especially when it's 100 degrees outside, that means it's probably your dash and the interior is 150, 180. So when you first turn on your AC, you're trying to cool 150 180 degree temperature mm-hmm. versus 100 degrees outside so you can get your ac system cooler faster on on fresh air here in houston
4: and dry out your evap and
5: keep it dry yeah. so drive your vehicle and then when you when you're getting close to your house just flip it off a research, put it on fresh air and that way it'll close that one door open up that outside air help it dry out
3: and dry out the, Great ev- idea. the evaporator cord. and Yeah, it,
11: i did i've heard that somebody told me god rest his soul always switch it to outside air before you shut it down or yeah. 10 minutes before yeah. so that's what that means okay that's it hmm. and
5: then and then when you first start it up um if you've ever had this experience this is something always everyone starts to remember you ever start your car up in the morning and and it starts fogging up on the inside of your windshield Well, that's because you have so much MIDI on the inside of your car and you're on research. Makes makes sense. So if you keep it on fresh air, you're (laughs) going to be able to keep that from happening.
11: Makes sense. Uh, I know it's 10 minutes left, but uh, the other question I told Gary I was going to ask is for the uh, BG question. Can you explain to me and maybe a lot of everybody else listening what exactly that upper GDI air does? Because I do it all the time, but... uh, the gentleman that I get it done from, you know, explained it, but maybe I was short on time, didn't comprehend everything. But can you explain how that, what they do and what it does well, on uh, the upper GTI uh, intake cleaning like every, what, 12,000, 15,000 miles?
5: Right. We recommend a, a gasoline direct fuel-injected engine uh, service to be done every 15,000, just like our regular port fuel-injected service every fifteen. But On a GDI, um, what happens on many of them out there, the valves still have an oily gas that sits and sticks on valves, especially the intake valve. And what it does is it builds up, builds up, builds up. You also have some EGR that comes through, recirculates, and that builds up on the valve. And many, many Because
11: many. because the gas is being sprayed on the back side of the valve, right? No, because it's no, not.
5: On no. your
4: GDI, most of oh. them it's sprayed directly into the cylinder.
5: See, that was the thing okay. before we could keep it from happening with port fuel injected. You know, you can add cleaners and fuel and stuff and that would help keep the valve cleaner. Now I we got you. Yeah, move yeah. the injector into the cylinder. And it doesn't do that. Now, there are a lot of newer GDI engines that what we call a dual fuel for, for not the proper word. But it actually has a port fuel injected injector in line like it used to and a GDI injector. And uh, they both work at different times. Uh, so uh, we've seen a lot of that from about 2007 uh, on uh, to Ford. Okay, so.
11: So, you're, so the GDI, y'all are putting something in just downstream of the air filter sucking it in so it hits the back side of the valve exactly it, exactly that's that's yeah. a,
5: probably the rudimentary of it yes
4: it's a great way to say it
11: yeah okay and that keeps the carbon off the the intake valve so you get better airflow, which gives you better fuel combustion and you know stability exactly
5: right? just like you said it we're talking about a compressor an engine uh you know the it's just basically a compressor so air in air out so if we have any restrictions let's say we have carbon built up on that valve we're not pulling in as much air as we normally would the engine's still running but we're not getting the amount we need so if i can keep that as close to metal close to zero um, i'm gonna have the best running engine that i have
11: okay makes sense all righty guys i appreciate your help and uh Y'all take it easy. Have a good weekend.
5: And right. thanks for
4: calling I. Okay. All right, out to Baytown. Bob, welcome to Auto Pro's Radio.
8: Yes. Good morning to everybody. Good morning. 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 Uh my question is about MOA. Uh, I have a F one
10: fifty that's got a seven and a half quart sump. I've got a town car with a five quart sump. And I bought a whole house generator. It has a Four and a half quart sump. would I use a whole can the 11 ounce can of MOA in that machine it's on natural
1: gas yes
4: I would I would yes Okay. Sir. just keep the same level of total product in it you don't want to overfill oh, yeah. it
1: but no no
10: no it's I understand uh, but I'm gonna change the oil on it uh, next month and it's it's on me this time and so because I like MOA and 44k I want to, you know, put the MOA in this oil change, and I just want to make sure that 11 ounces in a four-and-a-half-quart sump wouldn't be a
5: overkill. It would not be. We do that on okay. four-cylinder engines all, all day long. And so yeah, and many of them are yeah. 3.75 to four-quarts, and you're a uh, half-quart more. So I'm not worried at all.
3: Okay. That's all I need to know. I sure do enjoy your show. Thanks a lot, and y'all have a good weekend. Thanks for the call, Bob. Thanks for listening, sir. Appreciate uh-huh. the call. Bye-bye. All right. Andy out in Cyprus. You'll be next up. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Doing well. And ladies.
6: Hey, Andy.
2: Uh, I've got an 08 uh, Toyota Prius with POA93 uh, code for an inverter water pump. Mm-hmm. I changed the pump. All my lights went out. The triangle of death went away. I drove it for two days, and it all came back on. Got good flow from the inverter pump. Just curious what direction to go next.
3: It was poa O A three code you said. P uh, 93 nine three. P O A nine three. It's a cooling
4: system performance code for the inverter.
5: And what did you say you did? One more time again, you did. I,
2: re- I changed the inverter coolant pump.
5: Did you get? I guess you put new um, antifreeze and everything in there. I right?
2: did, and then I bled the system.
5: Okay, because yeah. that's one of the big problems I've heard is, is yeah. the air in the system.
4: You seeing any overheating issues at all, or?
2: Well, it doesn't have a, a gauge. It's a computer on wheels. Right. Um, <laughs> it so it just gives you a lot of a lot of flashing lights and noises. Uh, no noises at this point.
4: Um, I mean, it it could be that whatever is talking to the computer is sending the wrong information. It may be that you know. The inverter pump itself was not bad, or is not bad now. But that uh, well, it's it wasn't
2: bad because there wasn't good flow in the reservoir. Okay. Um, once I changed the pump, I had good flow. Um, like I said, all the lights went out. It ran great, and then the lights came on. Still running fine. No indication with drivability, but um, the lights are all back on again. With no temperature gauge, I'm not sure if I'm if it's reading engine pump water pump or thermostat or if it's still in the inverter system
3: right yeah because it's going to be a 12 volt system obviously you know that runs that that pump right there um I'm trying to again s- that
2: pump's running great it's got four pumps on it it's right. got a, the actual water pump the inverter pump a heater pump and something else but i, I don't feel like those are my issues I'm thinking it may be more on the actual engine cooling side. Um, I feel a lot of pressure on the large hose from the radiator okay, and not on the smaller bottom hose. I'm curious, maybe the thermostat's not opening.
3: And when you feel that excessive pressure on that hose, is it is it as soon as you start up or after it's ran to operating temperature?
2: Uh, typically, I'll, I'll take it for a quick drive and come back in and then check, and it's it's got a lot of pressure on that hose. I feel like it shouldn't.
3: Well, it's going to pressurize. You know, it's got a well, whole, yeah, it's yeah, got lot of course. pressure. But, but
2: when I squeeze it, it shouldn't be so hard that it, it doesn't want to squeeze, right, if thermostat's opening.
3: Well, you're going to have pressure. You know, you're going to feel it's going to yeah. be warm because your your thermostat's open, so the coolant's circulating, but you're still going to have, you know, about 15 pounds of pressure or whatever, your, you know, your cap is right there. Make sure that's all good, but it's all running. I was trying to see if there's any common, common things that I could see, you know, related to that Prius. But you never, you've never had a, um, you never had an overheat situation or anything. You said
2: how long? Yeah, again, not that I'm aware of, because there's no gauge.
3: Is the lower hose is it warm as well, after you've drove it?
2: It's warm, but it again, it doesn't feel like it's got the pressure that the larger hose does. Hmm.
3: Don't know that'd have to be something we'd have to take a look at on that one. Okay. Can't say offhand. But you could always go to Hagen's Automotive there in Cyprus. He'd be glad to take a look at it for you.
2: Awesome. Well, I appreciate what y'all do.
3: All right. Thanks for your call. All right. This Lynn. We appreciate you being here. Love being here. And Dan Butler, thanks for having you come in and and talk about the BG products. We had a great time. We appreciate all our listeners and all our callers. And we will be back next Saturday on the Auto Pros Radio Show.
2: Thanks for listening to the Auto Pros Radio Show. Hey, if you need help during the week, go to our website, autoprosradio.com. Or if you need your car service, see all of our recommended preferred service centers in your area. Check out our Facebook page at autoprosradio.com for the latest posts on what's going on in the automotive industry. Share a comment with us and tell your friends about the Autopros Radio Show Every Saturday, 10 to noon, here on AM 700, KSEV, The Voice of Texas.